Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm 1-1-6, NIV. The Righteous and the Wicked. This psalm presents two ways we can choose to shape our lives, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, blessed or cursed. The way of the righteous leads to human blessing, flourishing, and living. The way of the wicked leads to human cursing, degenerating, and dying. Distinguishing between the righteous and the wicked is not always as easy as it looks. Only at the end of the age, when judgment day comes, will we know for certain the righteous and the wicked. To discern the difference between the two, let's refer to the reformer, Martin Luther, to help us. You might be familiar with Luther's 95 theses posted on the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church, sparking the reformation of Christianity. Less familiar is the theological meat of Luther's reforming spirit, his Heidelberg Disputation of 1518, written the year following the 95 Theses. Theology of the Cross and Theology of Glory Like Psalm 1, Luther contrasts two opposing ways. He calls these two ways the theology of the cross and the theology of glory. The cross, as expressed by Luther, is God's attack on human sin. It is the death of Christ which is central to Christianity. Therefore, one must embrace the cross and rely solely upon Christ's finished work on the cross to handle human sin. It is through being crucified with Christ we find the way to human flourishing in life. In other words, righteousness is gained by grace through faith in Christ. The theology of glory is the opposing way of the cross. It's important to understand Luther because he has a key which helps us unlock Scripture by not walking in the way of the wicked, as expressed in Psalm 1. For Luther, the wicked person, and the vilest offender of God, is not the person who has done all kinds of readily observable outward sinning. You, perhaps like me, have an idea in your head of what the worst of sinners is like. My guess is that it probably has something to do with certain lifestyles or evil acts. Good works? Luther, however, insisted the worst of sinners are people who do good works. Specifically, the wicked person is one who is clean living and does nice things but does them disconnected from God by wanting others to see their good actions. Another way of putting it, the wicked person seeks to gain glory for themselves rather than give glory to God. Our good works can be the greatest hindrance to righteousness and living the way of the cross. It is far too easy to place faith in our good works, done apart from God, rather than placing complete trust in Christ alone. It can be too easy, doing good things, for the primary purpose of having others observe our goodness, rather than do them out of the good soil of being planted in God's Word. The remedy for sin is the cross, and the sinner lives life apart from that cross, trusting in self, so that people will give personal recognition, respect, and accolades. Greater than it is impossible for a person not to be puffed by his good works unless he has first been deflated and destroyed by suffering and evil until he knows that he is worthless and that his works are not his but God's. Greater than. Greater than Martin Luther. Delight, or not? The answer to this problem of doing good works to gain glory for self is not to avoid good works, but to do them from the good soil of being planted in God's law and connected to Christ's vine. The psalmist uses the word law in referring to Scripture as a whole, to all the acquired wisdom about how life is supposed to be lived in God's world. People who yield juicy abundant fruit have immersed themselves in the law. Because they delight in God, secretly rise early to meditate on God's Word, privately read the Bible's message and pray to put that message into practice. They will be blessed. 
the wicked are too busy to notice the law. They serve to be seen and desire public recognition for their charity and works. But those works will not stand in the judgment. Jesus described them this way. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. On the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Matthew 23:27 NIV. Which is which? Identifying the righteous and the wicked is not as simple as saying the wicked are those people out there, and the righteous people are in here. The truly righteous person delights in God through the law. They have the humble sense they could easily drift from God if not staying connected, rooted in Jesus, and grounded in the way of the cross. The wicked, in contrast, are like chaff, worthless. They are arrogant and annoying, wanting all the attention which God rightly deserves. When I was a kid, I always wore a mask during the corn harvest because of the chaff and corn dust. Every year, from the time I was seven years old, I had the job of taking the tractor out and hitching up the wagons of corn and bringing them back. Then, I unloaded the wagon of corn into the auger which sent it up and into the corn bin. The corn dust flew everywhere. It was annoying and could easily take over my lungs if I weren't masked up. The wicked have nothing of substance to contribute to God's kingdom, they add no value to what is going on. In fact, they are a hindrance to the harvest of souls God is trying to accomplish. Conversely, the righteous do good works which sprout from rich Iowa-type soil, producing a harvest of righteousness. The righteous person takes the time to know God's law, satisfies the needs of those who are not able to pay them back or give them proper recognition, and cultivates relationships with those they help. The righteous are relational. Righteous Job The biblical character, Job, is an example of a righteous person. Job did all kinds of good works and he did them because of his close walk with God. Job persevered through intolerable suffering and grief because he knew God. Job assisted the needy, helped others no matter their situation, championed the less fortunate, and gave glory to God even amid terrible trouble. Job did not throw in the towel when his reputation, his family, and his wealth were completely taken away. Instead, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, may the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Job 121-22, NIV. Generosity marks the righteous because God is generous. Grace defines the righteous because God is gracious. Gentleness is the way of the righteous because Christ is gentle. Spiritual prosperity is born of a righteous relationship with Jesus Christ. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Injustice and judgment. However, the wicked perish. There are 16 prophetic books in the Old Testament all given to a single message, judgment is coming because of wickedness. And the wicked turn out to be some of God's covenant people. That's because they selectively did their good works to gain glory for themselves. And they withheld the good they could have done because it did not add any value to their reputation or personal goals. For example, prophesying to those who fasted so that others would see their spirituality, the prophet Isaiah communicated God's message. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free. And break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them. And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Isaiah 58 6-7, NIV. God desires genuine spiritual growth. That happens when we eschew a theology of glory, and embrace a theology of the cross, which delights in God and God's law, meditating on it day and night. A choice. We always have a choice between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, 
to embrace a theology of the cross or a theology of glory. Here is how that choice is framed in the book of Deuteronomy when the ancient Israelites were about to enter the promised land. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees and laws, then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. I have set before you, life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Deuteronomy 30 15-20, NIV. The idolatry which can easily seduce us are our own good works done for a human audience who will recognize and affirm. Jesus said we must play to the audience of one. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Matthew 6 3-4, NIV. Our daily choice must be to love God supremely and give God glory for everything good in our lives. Perhaps Christianity needs another reformation, one in which we do not just uphold the authority of Scripture, but reform our habits by loving God through basic disciplines of Bible reading and simple obedience, and by loving our neighbor through giving them time and attention, the gift of relationship and friendship. What will you choose this day?